Hello and welcome to Make Language Great Again. Today it is my great joy to welcome Kathleen Brown, who is a wonderful citizen in Nova Scotia. And her mission that we're going to talk about is so important. It touched me so much that I wanted to interview her. Uh, well, her mission is collecting information and trying to do something about sudden and unusual number of deaths in Nova Scotia uh, following the vaccination campaign. And the reason I want to do this interview is, well, as you know, I don't usually like to talk about dark stuff in my writing, in my work, and focus on things that are guiding us towards love and, and light and helping us to deal with all this mess that we're in. But it is extremely important to honor the dead. And it is extremely important to honor people who were wronged and to expose what has happened and figure it out. And I think so many people have been harmed in the past two years. And that's just, that's wrong. That's injustice. And I think that in order to proceed to a better life, we have to honor the dead. We have to honor the people who have been harmed. And we owe it to them. And it is of spiritual significance. And this is the reason why I personally am doing this interview. And, and I want to feature Kathleen for being a wonderful human being. And again, her mission is extremely important. So I know, Kathleen, that you, in the past, you worked as a dental hygienist and you had an education in uh, uh, health education. That's your degree. So yes, you have a background in, even in immunology. Yes. And so you're not a stranger to the whole world of healthcare at all. No. So do you want to tell your story? Uh, just start with that. Okay, yes. And yes, I've worked as a dental hygienist since 1986. Uh, I actually worked with my husband in our own private practice till 2019. Um, and we've just taken time off. I'm still um, licensed as a dental hygienist, but we've taken time off since then. Um, and I do have a science degree in health education. And, uh, and in that degree, I've taken courses on immunology. And so, so I'm not a stranger when it comes to that kind of stuff. So anyway, how I got involved into, because um, right now I've been tracking the people who have died um, in Nova Scotia and, and how it all started. It started basically with my mother who lives in a nursing home and I am in, I am power of attorney. That's POA of my mother. Um, I actually have, uh, and it's an important feature part of this is I have 11 brothers and sisters and I'm number six out of that 11. Okay. So over the years, I've actually kind of looked after my parents and I just, I just stepped up to the platter. Okay. It was just one of those things. My parents, uh, my father has passed. And my mother, when the year my father passed in 2014, my mother went into a nursing home. So she was in the nursing home. And anyway, um, she has dementia. She has some physical disabilities. But even though she has some dementia, she still knows who we are. Okay. And, and she laughs all the time. So, so anyway, I was, I've been POA for eight years. And every year they call me and ask me if my mother is going to get a flu vaccination. And I say, no, 
Okay. So every year I've done that for whatever. Nobody in my family has ever asked me if my mother is getting a flu vaccination. The reason why she doesn't get a flu vaccination is she never believed in it. Okay. She was a person who always believed in natural health. Okay. She didn't drink alcohol. She barely had any medications that she took herself. Um, she was a person who talked about not watching TV and destroying your mind. So when I'm growing up in the seventies, she's telling us that the TV will destroy your mind. Okay. Um, she was a person who didn't take thalidomide. Um, she was offered thalidomide for her pregnancy for morning sickness. And she said, no. Okay. And, and thank goodness that she didn't do that. She was a, a person who would tell you not to be in front of the TV. So in, in the end, she knew things. She knew things like don't wear sunscreens, too many chemicals. And so this information, MSG, that was another thing. She would talk about that. So in the end, I knew what she wanted. No, no injections. She wants natural immunity and that's it. So in 20, uh, last year of March of 2021, I actually had family members who contacted me and said, now our mother is going to get the injection for COVID. And right away I said, no, she's not getting the injection. And then of course there was a big alarming thing. So the next thing I know, I have to then get um, uh, people as in my family. So I have to go to every person and tell them why I'm not injecting her and whether they agree. Um, I've had to, at the basically in the end, I had to make the decision that we're not going to do this. But then once they continued to push on me, I said, no, I have to have evidence. And so then I started to go back and look at all the obituaries from 2019. And I actually started with counting, just counting the obituaries. And from 2019 until, um, until basically 2020, it seemed to be, or 2021, it's, it seemed to be normal. Okay. But then once the rollout of the vaccine started, the counts of the obituaries went up and each month it was going up more and more. So I noticed that there was an increase by at least twofold. Okay. So then I realized, I need to make this so that you, you can't just do numbers, okay? People have to, you have to have faces. So then in May of 2021, I actually started looking at the obituaries and then actually um, taking screenshots of people who were below the age of 65. I knew anybody above the age of 65, it would not be good. So I started looking at below the age of 65, and then I started taking screenshots. And then the next thing I know, I started making a list. I'm, I started making a list, and, and what I would include is their name, their age, whether it said it, they suddenly, untimely, or unexpectedly die, or after a brief illness. And, and they had to have that parameter in the obituary. The other thing it had to have is I went to see where to donate to. And a lot of things people, you know, donate in sympathy of, and a lot of them would say, 
donate to, you know, donate to the heart and stroke. Okay. So you knew right away that why this person died basically was probably from a stroke. But people who are 44 years of age, 31 years of age, I mean, right now the average age is 50. I have over 200 people on my list, all from Nova Scotia. And and the average age is 50, okay? That is unbelievable. But what is unbelievable or is which is really interesting is the very first person I have listed. And in my listing, this person was 64 years of age. And it actually says in her obituary that after having uh, coffee with her husband, she, my mother, I won't say her name, my mother went to put lipstick on to go to work and she died suddenly. That is the last time or the only time that my mother left the house without her lipstick on. And when I seen that obituary, I was like, wow, okay, there is something really wrong here, okay? And so then what I started to do is I kept track of it, started to, um, started to make a list, and then I decided I needed to write to the government. So in Nova Scotia, we have our premier, okay? And we have our health minister who's been putting these mandates on. And so I started to write to the government, and I was using information from Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robin Malone. I was researching um, all this information, and I was quoting from their papers that they are doing, their research that they're doing. And anyway, I, I started doing that. And in the end, I basically didn't get any response back from the government other than that they got my email. The big response that I did get back was from an archbishop. Okay. So there, there's a deacon in Nova Scotia and I actually wrote to Deacon Robert Doyle about what's happening. And I want to see what the Catholic church had to say. These injections that we know that are researched and, and are actually made through the research of fetal cell lines, okay? And in the Catholic Church, we are totally against abortion. And I would feel that using fetal cell lines from aborted fetuses, whether they were from years ago, this is what the Catholic Church explains, from years ago or from recent, it doesn't matter. This is totally against my moral conscience. And, and basically how I got involved with writing to the um, bishop was I actually contacted the priest in, in, um, in my hometown. And I needed to make sure, um, I needed to make sure that my mother, while she was in the home, even though the home agreed that they would not inject her, that they would not inject her. So I want to make sure she had exemption. And, and then of course you go to the Catholic church and you go to them and basically talk with them and hopefully get a paper so that she would get an exemption. And the priest there, I, I just couldn't believe 
this conversation I had with the priest. So I knew I had to go over his head. And when I did, I went over his head and to the deacon. And all he did was send me what the Pope has written. And, and it's totally against the moral conscience of the Catholic Church. So this is where I started writing and um, with, my, with all of my information. But in the end, my family are still, now I have six members of my family who basically won't talk to me. But then the other five, or actually six, who are basically know that there's something wrong here. There's definitely something wrong with these injections. And so I, at least I know I have that side of the family who still are supporting me with this. So in the meantime, I've been writing these letters and I've, writ- I've written to um, the, um, the, the premier, I've written to Robert, um, Robert Strang, the health minister, and I get nothing. And, but suppose, surprisingly, the deacon, Robert Doyle in Nova Scotia, the deacon, um, he actually responded. And I was surprised that he responded. And he didn't just respond once. He responded a couple of times, which actually surprised me. But basically, he said that he could not go against the classical authority. And, and to me, that is just totally wrong. So in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm still writing. So, so as time has gone on, I thought that with all these evidence and it's, and it's, and you can see it everywhere. I mean, like over in Europe, there's, there's all these um, athletes who are dying on the field. These are healthy individuals. These are healthy individuals who are actually dying on their field of, you know, and, and uh, no one is saying anything. I mean, so the evidence is out there. Okay. The evidence is out there, but I don't understand. So what I've been doing, I've been continuing to do this. And then just recently I started writing to prime minister, Justin Trudeau. So I could see what was happening in Canada. So I just, my only way of, of helping humanity is by keeping track and trying to open people's eyes. And that's what, that's basically what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to open people's eyes. So I've written to Justin Trudeau and I've asked him to check out and, and, and look at the list of people in Nova Scotia who have died suddenly, untimely. Um, unexpectedly or after a brief illness. And I want these people to be, I want their voices. These people have been silenced and now we need them to be able to speak to others, to save others. And I've asked basically Justin Trudeau to investigate. There has to be some sort of investigation done. And he has completely, there's no response. I've sent this letter to um, liberal MPs in the House of Parliament. I've sent it to NDP people. I've sent it to the head right now, Candace uh, Bergen, on the same letter. But I'm not getting 
any response whatsoever. Okay. I'm not getting any response. I've not sent this letter to my own family members. I don't want, basically, I don't, I, I didn't want to basically try to infuriate them any more than I have to. But really, who should be seeing these are the families of the people who have died. I'm just so hoping that somehow or another that these people get the information, look at it critically, and then start asking, did my loved one died unexpectedly due to an injection that was not, there's no actually research done, and we're all in this, this experiment. We're all in this one big experiment, and now we're into the second year of the rollout of the beginning of the injection. And, and if I'm seeing what I'm seeing just after the first year, I, I pray to God that, that we are not going to see just our mayhem happen when the real deaths and the real problems from the injections really happen. We've got billions of people who have been injected. And somehow or another, we've got to stop these vaccines. We've got to, we've got to stop them. So this is why I've been doing this. I've been trying to use the information that I had to hopefully open someone's eyes. I mean, I have babies in here. There is, I think, three, if not four babies. One, the youngest was one day. Another one was two months. And another one, I'm not sure because they didn't give the actual time, but it was 2020 and the, di- and the, and the baby died in 21. So I'm assuming that the baby was alive maybe for a month. These people, those souls are in this letter. And, 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 and to ignore all of this evidence is absolutely, absolutely crazy. So this is, this has all been just absolutely crazy. And I, I know that I just need to continue this, this, I need to continue my trek. And so today, I just in one day, I had my letter, I had 192 names. And just today, I had um, eight more people. And one of the last the 200th person that I had, that is in this is an 11 year old. And, and whether this 11 year old had health issues, it says that he died peacefully. Well, how does an 11 year old all of a sudden die. There's no mention of any disease. But but if you look at the obituary, it says heart and stroke. You donate to the heart and stroke. So if an 11-year-old potentially had either a heart attack or a stroke and has recently died, shouldn't somebody be thinking or saying, there's a problem here. There is a real problem. So I guess what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue to, to add to my letters here. I'm going to continue to do this. And then I'm going to, as of today, I'm going to take this letter 
And I just most recently got the name of the chief coroner here in Nova Scotia. And so I've got the chief coroner's name, and I'm going to take this letter, and I'm going to send it to him and ask him, take these names, look at everybody, and do your own investigation. Because when you have a group of people who are all under this one heading of suddenly, unexpectedly, um, untimely deaths or after a brief illness, and nobody's doing an autopsy, nobody's doing any pathology, especially when the average age is 50, that is like 30 years below the natural average of, of what a person, a Canadian, should live. If you live a healthy life, most men live until they're about 79. Women are about 84. And that's the average age. And when you get the average age of these people who are dying and nobody's asking the question, why do these people die? It's absolutely crazy. It, it really is. Um, anyway, um, this, this is basically my story. And the big thing is, the real big thing is, there's no consent. There's no, um, nobody knows what's in it. Nobody actually knows. And people can't tell you. The pharmacists who are injecting you with this injection, how can they look at people in the eye when they don't know what the long-term effects are? They don't know what's in it. And, and they don't know if it is safe or effective because there's no long-term effects. So I just don't understand, I, I don't understand how this, how this can continue to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I also, the other thing I found out just today is I spoke to my, uh, the home that my mother lives in. And um, I asked them, I noticed my mother wasn't getting her hair done. And I asked this person, I said, why is it that she's not getting her hair done? You know, do, uh, is that not allowed anymore? And she said, well, your mother's not vaccinated. And I'm like, wow. So this is the only thing, the only thing my mother has to look forward to. She's not allowed to leave the home because in the past, my, my brother would go pick her up, take her for a drive. She's not allowed to leave the home. She's actually in a wheelchair. She has to be lifted out because um, she, years ago, just before she went into the home, broke her hip, and then since then hasn't been able to walk and now is in a wheelchair. A couple of years prior to that, she actually had a stroke and she lost just use of her right arm and hand. So here's a person who has limited mobility. She can be in a wheelchair. She can walk around. And anyway, she cannot have her hair done. And I said, well, isn't the person doing the hair? Isn't the person who's doing the hair? Is she not jabbed? And she said, yes. And then all the people in the home are jabbed. Yes. Everyone's wearing a mask. Yes. And this injection, this jab does not stop transmission and it does not does not stop the disease. So the person doing the hair could come in 
with a viral load in their nose, transmit this disease not only to my mother, but to every resident in the home, okay? And yet, everyone else can basically get their hair done, and they will not allow her to have her hair done. That is totally disgusting. And I'm just like, I cannot believe that someone, that's all she has. I mean, I'm her primary caregiver, and I cannot walk into that home right now, okay, because I've not gotten the injection. But anyway, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and I'm just one person. I'm one person out of many who has so many stories. I right now, thank God that I've not had anybody in my family directly that who has passed, but my family, where there's six of them who, who have gotten one, two, and three injections, they've got these injections. My family is going to be the big experiment. What you're doing is so heartfelt and so important. And I have one question. So you yes. mentioned that as you are, you know, tracking all the deaths that you're seeing in Nova Scotia, that the number of deaths this past year has been more than all COVID deaths in Nova Scotia? Or did I understand, the, oh, did I understand oh, that's correctly? A, that's, that's, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. Because the, the interesting thing about the um, COVID deaths, okay, they started tracking here in Nova Scotia, the COVID deaths in 2020, okay? And all of 2020, they've been doing it, and then all of 2021. So when they put it in the media, they are not just putting the deaths from one year. They're actually including the deaths from the year before. So where do you, how, and, and they are putting this out in the media. So right now, I'm not exactly sure what they call a COVID death, whether it's with COVID or from COVID. but my estimate for the first year, my estimate would have been about 73, okay, people who have died supposedly of COVID. Out of that 73, I think 53 came from one senior's home. So if there was 53 people from one senior's home, and I'm sure they all had comorbidities, so if 53 died in one home, in 2020 so the total i have is 73 that is okay. for 2020 what about for 2021 2021 when i last looked or when i last basically figured out because you would have to subtract from what they had and what they have in the media is over 100 what i basically figured out in 2021 was about 39 deaths Okay, so, so, so but altogether, it's less than it's fewer than 200 and you have over 200 in your list. Yes. Just for what and, time period? Yes, that is correct. Your and, list is for what time period? Uh, mine is nine months. Nine months. So, wow. yes, yeah, since May. So I started May 22nd and now we're into February. So you got February, March, April, May. Yeah, three more months before a full year. So I'm, I've got over 200 and, and I'm not even looking at the deaths above 65 because if I do that, 
then people will say, oh, that person had that comorbidity, that person had that comorbidity. And I'm like, no. So here I am, I'm 59. Okay, I'm 59. And the average age that I have is 50 for the uh, all 200 deaths. So as you know, there is so many that are below the age of 50 in order to make that that average to be 50. And that's what that's what's really crazy. And and then there was a letter written by another lady in Nova Scotia, and she actually had all the deaths and everything. And the deaths in Nova Scotia, the deaths in Nova Scotia for 2020, this is what she had. It was over 9,000 deaths, okay? And there was 9,000 deaths in total in 2020. And we shut the province down. We shut the province down for 73 deaths. I mean, I'm sure those 73 deaths are sad and it's awful, anybody dying. But the province is, is shut down for 73 deaths. And nobody says anything about the other basically 9,000 deaths, which were mostly, you know, heart attacks, cancers. Um, they are car accidents. There are just accidents in total. And, and, and we are in this fear mongering situation. And, and the amount of people is like, it's just unbelievable. So right now it's predicted that there's going to be over, I actually predicted throughout Canada and just looking at the desk and Nova Scotia, I predicted that we are going to go from about 9,000, close to 10,000 to about 14,000 in the one year of deaths. So we're going to increase our death rate by at least 30%. And that has nothing to do with the increase in population. Okay. So, so if you go across Canada, I predicted for Canada, there's going to be an extra 100,000 deaths in Canada due to these rollout to, and I think that is very low. I think that is a, a low amount of deaths. But what we have to focus on is the fact that they're injecting children now. People who have this innate immune response. And here we are injecting something that has been causing myocarditis. It's been causing strokes. It's blood clots. And we're, we, and it's supposedly going to their, their, their organs and the, the, the ovaries and the testes. And when you, um, destroy a child, a, a little girl, who has who who hasn't reached puberty and this little girl who has ovaries and she has eggs and the amount of eggs that she has is what she's born with she doesn't get any more eggs so if these eggs are destroyed by this injection we are looking at a whole society being sterilized and and that is so totally wrong. That is one of my main concerns is we got to get this out. We got to stop the injections on the children. 
It's the children that we got to save because without them, we have no future. And, and it's like, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. But one thing I do try to do is I rely on my faith to keep, to keep me positive. And, and, and my faith has only gotten stronger. And, and as a Catholic, um, you know, it's all about um, the sacraments, learning your sacraments, learning all kinds of stuff. We, growing up, we weren't, we did get pushed on reading the Bible. But, you know, lately I've been reading the Bible and in, in the Bible, it's amazing how you can get messages in order to tell you what to do. And, and lately what I've been doing, I've been just, I'll go to the Bible and I'll just open up the Bible, whatever page, whatever page I come to, I read and I feel that's my message to God. The one page I came to today, and I keep on coming to this over and over again, it's happened many times, the exact same page, it's not even earmarked, it's not earmarked, it's not, and, and, and I've used different Bibles. And I come to this one Psalm, and it is Psalm 73. And when I read the Psalm, I feel that this is the message God is telling us. It says that these people who are being very arrogant, okay, and they are, they are basically destroying lives just, just to gain wealth, okay? It basically tells me not to worry. God will look after those people who have, who have rejected God, like Justin Trudeau, who's, who's doing these, these, these unlawful mandates. Okay. He has to worry. The terror that he should worry about is what will happen to him. It may not happen to in this life, but it definitely will happen into the other life. And knowing that, it, it makes it a lot easier to deal with what's actually happening, the, 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 the struggles that everybody's having. So I guess that would be my message is we have to speak of, of God and we have to um, know that this is a war. We're in a war against God, okay, worldwide. And we have to, we have to show that we um, shouldn't be in this war against God. And, and we have to just speak about, we just have to talk about love. And that's what, that's what the, um, the truckers were doing. The truckers were speaking about love and, and, you know, having no hate, that's the only way we're going to win. And so, so that's, that's what I feel that we need to do is, is, is actually, you know, get our power, get our inner strength and know that no matter what they do to you, they could take your bank account, they can do whatever, they can't take your soul. And don't let the children have their soul taken from them. That's what has to happen. The children need, we need to protect the children and their soul because, you know, like everybody, Everybody is beautiful and, and, and everybody, you know, we're put on this earth for a reason and we have to find out 
the reason. And, and the people who have lost their lives so suddenly, untimely, they have to, their soul is still speaking to me. And this is why I need to do this. I need people to, to hear their voice. Their voice was removed. But now with my letter, they're hearing my voice. Well, thank you for your beautiful work. And I have to say that uh, other traditions have a similar message that you know, people can incur injustice and horrible yes. things may be happening. But in the end, there's an answer you know, from yes. the universe, from God, from people have different words for the mystery yeah. of life. And I think this is how it actually is. And we have to be brave, like you yeah. are being brave and have faith and push Perfect. forward with our truth and our love. And in the end, there'll be harmony again. Yes. And that's what we want. We just want love and harmony. Well, thank you for your beautiful work. <clears throat> and, right, thank you. Uh, well, thank you. 